Shalom. 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 God bless you. My name is Brother Scott. Um, I'm here to share with you insight from God's word in this week's Torah portion. I pray that you've had a glorious week. I pray that you'll have an even more empowering Shabbat as well. As we take some time here to glean from Adonai's word and instructions from the 49th uh, Torah portion in this weekly Torah portion reading cycle, we're going to go through Ketetzi, when you go out, that's the name of it. And it covers from Deuteronomy 21, um, cha um, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 10 through Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 19. Okay. And so I'll read a few verses just to go ahead and get us started. And it reads as when you go out to war against your enemies and your God hands them over to you and you take prisoners and you see among the prisoners, a woman who looks good to you and you feel attracted to her and want her as your wife, you are to bring her home to your house where she will shave her head, cut her fingernails and remove her prison clothing. She will stay there in your house mourning her father and mother for a full month, after which you may go into sexual relations with her and be her husband and she will be your wife. In the event that you lose interest in her, you are to let her go wherever she wishes, but you may not sell her for money or treat her like a slave because you humiliated her. Several verses in this week's Torah portion give us clear insight into God's views on human mistreatment or the proper treatment of other human beings. Within the black community, within the African-American community, there are biblical naysayers who proclaim that the Bible is a tool of subjugation used by Europeans to pacify African-descended people. People who hold this philosophical view suggest that black people have been hoodwinked and brainwashed by European-descended slavers and segregationists who use the Bible to make us docile and subservient. This view can seem plausible because oftentimes bigoted, bigoted people or bigots use verses such as like Colossians 3.22, obey thy master. And I'm just paraphrasing because usually that's what they do. When people take a verse out of context, normally they're not going to read the entirety of that verse or They'll read that verse without the con with uh, out of the context of all the other verses which um, are preceding and proceeding it. You know, so some within the black community suggest that we should abandon the Bible and adopt African spirituality. And I'm pretty sure you may have heard these types of statements made. Even Malcolm X made such comments, you know, suggesting that Christianity is the white man's religion, right? And I'm sure, um, you know, as we increase, you know, towards the end of this age, I mean, these end times, these last days, you hear this argument increasingly being stated, especially as people face mounting racism and injustices against them, right? And so some verses in the Bible can seemingly seem as if there's this like support of slavery 
So is there really a support of the transatlantic slave trade in the scriptures, uh, the type of slavery experienced by us here in the Western Hemisphere? Does the Bible really support all of that? Well, let's find out because we'll see it, see if that's the case in this week's Torah portion. Um, what many people fail to understand is that prejudiced preachers under the uh, guidance of Satan himself, twisted scriptures to justify their inhumane treatment of African descended people and other people, groups of people, for their own personal gain. When you go out to war against your enemies and you take prisoners and you see among the prisoners a woman who looks good to you, Israel is given instructions to not mistreat a prisoner of war who becomes to them a love interest. They were not to sexually exploit or physically abuse a woman regardless of her status. She was to be brought into their home as a guest, her head shaved, her fingernails cut, and her prison clothes removed. She was to shed the garments of bondage because she was no longer a prisoner of war. She was to shed the garments of bondage. Why? Because in the household of Israel, there is to be found freedom. Think about it. Remember when the Lord delivered Israel out of 400 years of Egyptian bondage. He said, I'm, I'm taking you out of the house of bondage, right? And, and, and with the goal in mind to bring you into a land of promise. So God takes us out of bondage and, and leads us into a place of liberty and freedom and this is how we're supposed to this is how we're supposed to treat other people as well you may have come into the kingdom as a prisoner enslaved into sin but when we when you come into the household of faith you know those prison garments are to come off amen she was to abide in their home to grieve the loss of her family for a full month before you could consummate marriage with her. This wasn't to be a rash decision. Shaving her head, which is, in a sense, removing a woman's hair, which is a symbol of her glory, was a symbol of not just admiring superficial beauty. It's like appreciating a woman with no makeup on. If you lost romantic interest in her, you weren't allowed to return her back as a prisoner or mistreat her as a slave. She is to be allowed the freedom to go wherever she chooses. So we see number one, the um, uh, the, the relationship, if, if this was a love interest, was supposed to develop within a time frame. In other words, it wasn't supposed to be a rash, lust, um, impulse, impulsive decision, but one that was carefully considered. And if it's not something that she wanted, you were not to continuously mistreat her. You were not to at all mistreat her or sell her off as a slave. Okay? But she could go wherever she wanted to go. European enslavement of African descended people mistreated women. Women were mistreated all the time under that system. They were viewed only as property and were often forced into sexual relationships with their white master. 
Now, I'm not here to stoke anything. Well, I guess I am. I'm here to, you know, tell the truth and shame the devil. So this is right here. This is completely different than anything that our forefathers would have experienced while in captivity here in America or in the Americas, North and South America, because uh, the slave trade from Africa into the Americas wasn't just an American thing. It happened in Brazil. It happened in Cuba, Haiti, you know, Puerto Rico, Mexico, both in North and South America. If a slave has escaped from his master and taken refuge with you, you are not to hand him back to his master. Allow him to stay with you in whichever place suits him best among your settlements. Do not mistreat him. Now that's found over in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 16, which is still within this week's Torah portion, Kitetsi, when you go out. So an escaped slave was essentially not to be returned back to his master, quote unquote. So if people escaped slavery, they were supposed to find in Israel a place of freedom. In America, there was a Fugitive Slave Act, which mandated that a runaway slave should be returned back to his or her quote-unquote master. In this verse, an escaped slave was not to be handed back. You were to provide for him or her a, with a safe haven. They were to be welcomed into Israelite settlements and not to be mistreated. Runaway slaves in America had to often escape to Canada in order to avoid being tracked by a bounty hunter and sent back to the plantation. In the Caribbean and Latin America, they had to flee into they had to flee to secluded places in order to escape their enslavers. So right then and there, we could see a major contradiction between uh, uh, what the Word of God states and how the system of chattel slavery operated in the Americas. Matter of fact, over in Deuteronomy 24 and 7, this is another verse in this week's Torah portion. If a man kidnaps any of his brothers, fellow members of the community of Israel, and makes him his slave or sells him, that kidnapper must die. And this way you will put an end to such wickedness among you. African people were kidnapped out of Africa and sold off to what? Slavers who then brought them across the ocean in ships to America. Okay, kidnapping people for the sake of trafficking them is a death sentence within God's instructions, within his, his commandments, in his Torah. Corporal punishment, the death penalty, was to be executed upon people who participated in this type of trade. Whoever kidnaps someone must be put to death, regardless of whether he has already sold him or the person is found still in his possession. That's found over in Exodus 21 and 16. That's another verse in Torah. So we see, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, we see two witnesses here. Now let's ask ourselves the question, were any of the people involved in the slave trade 
put to death for their involvement in it? Were they executed for doing this? Have they said that they were Christians and Bible believers and they were taught in scriptures? How come they never read these scriptures? I think we all know the answer to that because Satan had what? Gotten a hold of their minds and uh, and the Bible says what? They've been deceived by seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, which taught that somehow it was the black man's plight to be forever in servitude to white people. So-called alleged Christians preached this, but they were absolutely wrong, absolutely going against scripture as we now find out from Torah. Torah is a book of justice. Torah is a book of do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Okay. Israel, God's covenant people are to be a just people who respect the dignity of all people. A child of God isn't to condone exploiting vulnerable people. As a matter of fact, God's covenant people, his chosen, are to be a settlement of freedom, a place of of rest and hospice, a place that welcomes the, the, the runaway and that welcomes the vulnerable, that welcomes them into your own home and treats a person well and restores into the dignity th that they are deserving as someone made in God's likeness and image. This Torah portion, Ketesi, helps to reinforce that the Bible isn't as some have misrepresented it to be, uh, as some have misrepresented it to be a tool of subjugation for people of color. His word is indeed a law or Torah of liberty, James 1.25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The only thing Yeshua wants us to be enslaved to is righteousness. Amen. He doesn't want us to be the slave or property of anyone. Now, when you look at, I will insert this because in, in, in uh, I think next Torah portion is going to go through Deuteronomy 28. When you look and look at the curses for Israel's disobedience against the covenant and walking away from Torah, he does talk about a form of slavery that will come upon them as judgment, where their children's children, where their children would be sold off and they would never return and, and, and you know, that they would be oppressed and that yokes of iron would be put around their neck. Now, that experience that our forefathers have gone through, I believe, is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And all that does is reveal that they are indeed scattered sheep of the house of Israel, whom the Lord desires to awaken through, through Yeshua to return back to his covenant. But no way does the Torah ever justify and even, and even the nations that were used um, to chastise a disobedient Israel will also face judgment from God. Because what they still did was unjust. What he said, if you sold a person, if you mistreated them, if you sold them off, you were deserving of the death penalty. And so my fear is that a lot of people who propagate this racism 
and twist scripture, they will face death. They will face swift judgment from the most high. Amen. So anyway, I pray that you are blessed. The, the Torah is a, a, a perfect law of liberty and freedom for those in the Messiah. The Bible is not a tool of subjugation of people, but it, or of people of color. But in reality, when preached and handled property, properly, it's a tool of liberty for people of color and of all humanity. God bless you and shalom.